1: Good
2: evening, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, your host. the you it around with the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsing. And welcome to the second hour of Ghost Chronicles Radio, Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. With me, all the way from somewhere, is the <laughs> lovely and bombshell herself and kerrigan
3: <laughs> well good evening everybody oh my god i'm exhausted we've been having some technical in- issues here i'm like huh? Oh, i don't know but we're doing our best mm-hmm. I think. anyways
2: <laughs> yeah i think so <laughs> all right hopefully we still have uh everybody on the show but uh joining us tonight is a uh, gentleman who uh I just happened to be on Facebook and I followed the shop and I saw his uh, video presentation. And and this is the coolest, absolutely coolest shop I have ever seen. Yeah. And uh, without further, let me bring on um, Joey from the Curio Purium,
4: if I got that right. You did get that right. Hello, Ron. Hello, Anne. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. I've I been bring. On
3: website. It looks very cool.
4: Well, thank you, thank you. We've just uh, we've been going through a lot of changes lately, and so it's uh, it's exciting to have our. We just had our grand reopening last weekend, which went really well, and it's it's definitely an unusual place that um, a lot of New England has never seen something like this before.
3: No, I. I, I certainly
4: haven't. That's what I
3: you're... haven't. Just looking at the pictures uh yeah we need to find out about this
4: yeah so um did you have questions or you want me to just kind of go into a little bit of
2: well well why don't you identify yourself first of all
0: sure and, sure sure.
4: Uh... yeah so my name is joey Marsacci. i'm the uh i'm the creative director here at the curioporium um and i'm the proprietor of a business called grim studios um and basically i come from um a theme park background uh designing theme parks immersive events um i do puppetry costumes um haunted houses you name it i can do it um and so um so joey joey
2: uh, i actually we had one i believe last week was uh vlad uh who is a uh a bizarre magician and he he got his origin uh origins in haunted houses as well and so i i bet you're you, do you have any involvement in magic magic at all
4: uh i do actually from uh from a fairly young age um as a teenager i was building illusions um i was kind of behind the scenes doing things mm-hmm. and that definitely lent itself well to being able to design and fabricate the things that I need to for, for haunts, for escape rooms, for uh, immersive events. Uh, it's always uh, the, the paranormal has always been an interest to me. Um, and as well, you know, actual hauntings, haunted houses. Um, and I do a lot of what's called steampunk uh, as far as my design aesthetic. So there there's a little bit of everything in the curio porium so it's a it's a very nice mixture of the likes of both myself and uh the owner nathan Nunez, who was supposed to be here tonight i apologize he cannot but um the curio porium originally is his brainchild It, it it was a it opened about now four years ago as a curiosity shop um right in the heart of hartford uh it was kind of a little hidden gem and uh you know, it's one of those places that people just stumbled upon it. And it had, you know, a story behind it. Nathan is big into the history of artifacts, of antiques, of hauntings, of just um, history and knowledge behind the occult and, and such. And uh, when I met him, it was just before the pandemic. And unfortunately, he was looking to close up shop. Mm. And, I, and I saw that the shop was just such a unique space. And we are very uh, we are very much alike in many ways uh, in our interests and our design and, and such. And so we, I presented him with one of my many crazy paranormal ideas uh, <laughs> instead of closing the shop to uh, spend some time to turn it into an immersive paranormal experience. And so over the next nine months, um, that's what we did we, we spent as many hours as we could transforming this 1800 square foot space mm-hmm. expanding on it and turning it into um an immersive paranormal experience now that the the shop is it, we've we basically have gone back and forth and we've added a new element to it in that it is an immersive shopping experience which is what it is right now mm-hmm. but we are, are still able to do this um immersive experience with our our guests. And the idea behind it was that it wasn't necessarily a haunted house and it wasn't an escape room. It was something that a very intimate uh, group of six people would attend a seance. um, And over a 90 minute period, they would be become part of a story of this, uh, this elaborate background of uh, these characters that Nathan and I had come up with uh, to tell a story. And so in that 90 minutes, we utilize the people who were there to tell the story and the paranormal happenings um, start off with a not your typical seance in that it, it, uh, it occurs through a 30 foot by, by 19 foot um, steampunk seance machine. <laughs> and it's a scientific seance that I put. Uh, I, that was one of my uh, brainchilds. No pun intended. Joey. Yes. Joey
2: is yes. it possible? Is it possible that you could get uh, the scientist in to talk with us somewhere along the line today? I, I
4: could. I could try for that. Sure. Alois is so our. So you is so our can
2: do that somewhere along the line.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's he's one of our main characters. We uh, the 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 machine itself in our story was originally built by Dr. Grimm, who was a scientist back in the late 1800s, and Aloysius Doyle um, is his brother. And after Dr. Grimm disappeared, Aloysius was called forward to try and finish his brother's project and get the stance machine up and running again and uh, to try to contact uh, Miss Eugenia Havisham, who is the, uh, the owner of the Havisham Fault and all of the paranormal artifacts that lie inside. So that is, that's the, in a nutshell, what the, what, what this experience was. And then over the past few weeks, uh, definitely COVID played a huge part in, um, in, in just trying to get people in the door and safely, you know, even though it's just with six people, which has nothing to do with the, with the pandemic. It was just because of the experience Mm -hmm. of a small crowd. Um, We are really, you know, our, our location is great. In a lot of ways, but it also uh, hinders us to be able to get those people in the door. So what we're doing is uh, we, we're opening it again as a as a immersive shopping experience. So it's 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 similar to what it was before in that it's a curiosity shop, but now it is a fully haunted curiosity shop. So <laughs> patrons can come through; they can see the séance machine um, starting to work. Aloysius is in there working on it, and he's also checking on some of the Uh, creatures and spirits and such that are in the vault to make sure people are safe while they're shopping. And There's anything from, you know, knickknacks to antiques to, you know, just some, some fun stuff. There's cryptozoology, there's the occult, there's tarot, there's, um, so there's many different things that you can find within the vault. And we are still able to do that show as well as some of our other immersive shows, such as like we had an, an evening with Krampus back in, um, back in December. Ah, uh, at, at one point, we were able to summon Beetlejuice himself to come and give the tour. Um, so that, that was a, a, a very fun and disturbing time. Um, we also have a, a character that is the original uh, Grim Reaper. And is uh, it's a Sumerian god of death. And, and in, hopefully, within a few months, we're going to be doing a, a live comedy show with him as well. Wow. So, so we do. We, we you know we we've also got um, Edgar Allan Poe lined up to come and talk to some of our guests. So it's
2: and, and, uh, you have a friend of ours going there too. Uh, the uh, Titanic experience.
4: Yes, exactly. Steve, Steve Gibson, Gibson. I think in yeah, April, Gibson. Um, the fourteenth through the sixteenth, which is um, it's the one hundred tenth anniversary of the sinking of the Titanic. So we're setting it up for that weekend. Nice.
3: That's and a great show.
4: Yeah. Yeah. We've so seen, seen it. is is wonderful he's uh i i i love his stories i love the way he does his show so and he's he was actually performing at the curioporium back when it was a shop um he had done two or three shows there so our our guests are very much used to seeing his illusions and this show like the rest are amazing
3: that's great i really steve is captivating i feel
4: he is. He is. I, I. We were supposed to have the show a few months. Uh, a few months back, and unfortunately, we had to postpone it for, because the numbers to COVID were going up again. But I was lucky enough to see the the test show, and it was just really, it was chilling. You know, I mean, in our atmosphere that we have in the shop, um, you know, he just we just simplified it down to just him and a couple of simple lamps in the room, and it was just a very intimate and. You know chilling night so
2: mm. so let me ask you this it does it uh is there a mission price to go into the shop
4: there is not there is not you can wow come on in uh if you dare we have a lot of looky looking <laughs> at the window that don't know what to make of it we're surrounded um so we're in Parkfield. we're in uh parkville so within the building there is hog river brewing company there's pine and iron axe throwing there's a whole studio uh, and right across the street is Parkville market, which drives a lot of tra- traffic to the area. So it's really one of those places where you could come and have like a date night, you know, do all these things and then come in and shop as well or see one of our shows. And we get a lot of people looking in through the window from Parkville, mm-hmm. as to what the heck is going on in there. <laughs> now that we've opened the windows, um, you, you fully see this giant sounds machine, you know, Blowing steam and spirits showing up in the scrying mirror, and you know, uh, Aloysius is running around uh, trying to trying to keep it from blowing up. So (laughs) it's a lot of fun. Plus, there's there's vintage music that's luring people in from outside. We have a an old talky radio show going on uh, from the '30s that's talking about the Havishams and the science behind our store and things. So. You know, there, there's there's many different visuals for people to see to lure them in and <laughs> have a nice shopping experience. Yeah, some ghosts, yeah,
2: just experience. And, and so, what type of uh, things do you sell in the the curio shop?
4: So we have anything from. So I'll I'll back up when when the shop was first opened by Nathan. He did have a lot of antiques. He had some paranormal objects. He had. Um, just very, str- you know, curiosities, oddities such as, uh, you know, animals that have been, taxidermy animals that have been um, recreated into fictional creatures. Uh, so there's a lot of that in there, and there's a lot of just uh, soap, sages, crystals, uh, tonics, elixirs. Um, witchcraft items, uh, tarot cards, Ouija boards, uh, there's, there's so many different things uh, within it. And the nice thing is, is that Nathan has laid it out in such a way that it doesn't look like your typical merchandise store because things, the way that we've laid out, it's six different rooms. So the first room you walk into is the salon and that's where the seance machine is. Um, and that's where you're kind of greeted, as a seance circle. Painted on the floor with these sigils. Um, there's a few shelves in there with with some items on it that are definitely display items. But once you wander into the vault in those five rooms, which are all themed differently, they uh, the the merchandise is mixed up with the antiques and the curiosities. So it really feels like you're you're kind of picking through this treasure trove, like you you want to this this interesting person's uh, you know, attic, and these <laughs> things are just scattered everywhere. And there's there's a rhyme and reason to it, but it still feels like you're picking up things that, like, oh, is this for sale? I don't mm-hmm. even know. Mm-hmm. And, and basically, things are for sale. Many of the items do have tickets, uh, sale tickets on them, but some of them don't. And we inc- we encourage people to go through the door uh, drawers, go through the bookshelves, you know, look, look at these things. And if you're interested in it, bring it up to the front and they might be for sale um some of the the bigger things that are in there maybe not like you can't take home our windaco because there's no insurance for that um (laughs) you know that but it's it's a lot of fun too in that sense because it also feels like there's like for instance we have a carnival machine in there that's called the hex your x machine (laughs) <laughs> um, which is much like a Zoltar machine, except that you can write your ex's name down, drop a quarter in, and it will hex them for only 25 cents, which is a great deal. In oh,
3: it's a deal. <laughs> yeah.
4: So, um, you know, there's a lot of interactive, uh, things as well. Some of the, the spirits that are locked in cases and things will interact when you go near them. Um, there are portraits with spirits that are trapped behind them, uh, using, um, technology of our stasis generator, which is something that's specific to our vault that keeps all of the energy and the spirits and the, the demons and such at bay while people are in there. And uh, I need some of the time and it works just fine, so.
3: <laughs> I'd like the spirits not to grab me as I'm trying to shop.
4: Yes, so the, uh, the spirits definitely stay at bay. The hobgoblins, well, they can get a little bit touchy. <laughs> so we try to keep them locked away.
3: Uh, this place looks totally cool. And it is. Can-
2: we we do have to make a trip down there, and
3: oh my sure. god, yeah, it's not that far away.
4: We uh, yeah we we built you know the majority of it is built between. Nathan and I, that's from the from the ground up. I mean, when it was originally a store, it was one big room and then there was a back room where he would have his performances. And then uh, we just opened the entire thing up. We built walls to make those extra rooms and everything in it is either hand sculpted by myself wow. um, or you know, designed by Nathan. It's, so it's really this great love child of the pandemic
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> the insanity that this world became and uh just a, it's an escape away because as soon as you walk in the door you kind of forget the world behind you we're in we're in a uh
2: an, well, you may an never come out either that's the other
4: <laughs> exactly that's why i like to not call it an escape room because there's no
2: guarantee <laughs> the uh the interesting thing, I mean, there's so many cool things. I mean, you told me earlier that you you were interested in the paranormal. Do you draw your uh, experience from the paranormal for some of these uh, exhibits in, that are in there?
4: I definitely do. Um, my background, again, being uh, with theme park designs and such, I was I was on a lot of interesting projects uh, back in the day working with uh, Universal and Disney, and one of the one of my the first projects I was put on was a renovation for the haunted mansion, and um, nice. all of my work comes from um, uh, the loss of a of a family member and and the the paranormal experiences I had as a child due to the loss of uh, my sister, who was who I was very close to, and she was the other artist in the family. Hmm. And when she was alive, we would have lots of different. Just strange conversation she was she was just she was my muse and even back as a child a lot of my drawing books my journals were filled with you know strange creatures and um spirits and demons and also these machines which were inspired by the literary work of h.g wells and um Mark Twain and, and, and Mary Shelley. So I was very much influenced, um, and Jules Verne, of course. I was very much influenced by those stories. And so one of, one of the things that I were constantly drawing as a child were what I called brainstorm machines. And they were the brains of famous uh, literary people or people through history oh, wow. that were brought back to life in a scientific way to be able to contact them. Sorry. Right now. Um <laughs> so, uh, that's been a theme of mine in the in the I spent about 15 years in the steampunk community building specialized uh fabricating uh custom artwork for different companies and locations. Uh the cosmopolitan of of Las Vegas has about six of my pieces there. They're all in a in a way a very uh very paranormal based. Uh, and steam, steam-powered base. Um, the 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 uh, company called General Cigar. I had designed a, a steampunk cigar rolling desk for them. That was very much a old vintage. It was made out of old vintage parts, but it actually worked. A mm-hmm. lot of my work oh, wow. very much and function. And so, especially with uh, these brainstorm machines, I had built some smaller versions back in the day that were in museum exhibits uh, that traveled around. Uh, from England, uh, Connecticut to England. Um, One of them was the Amelia Earhart um, navigational system which had Amelia's brain in there and it was very much made out of vintage parts from her time period, from her plane that she disappeared in, or at least the the model. Um, And so I'm very much into mixing the history and especially the mysterious history behind people and their disappearance or their death and tying it into this kind of fantastical what-if world. uh,
2: Ann and I are very much uh, lovers of steampunk for sure. I mean, we've done bets together. We've done uh, steampunk ghost hunt where we did uh, paranormal investigating uh, using old devices and uh, also in, in steampunk gobs. So we're very much into
4: this Right. Oh, no. I mean, yeah, so about, about 15, maybe 17 years ago now, I, I kind of launched into the scene when the makers started coming onto the scene in steampunk. And mm-hmm. uh, I think the first thing that made its way out onto the Internet was that I had inadvertently designed because that, that before the word steampunk ever crossed my, my mind, I had no idea what it was. I just designed in that sense because of the literature I read as a child. And so when someone saw my work, because I had also, uh, one of the rides I had lent some design to was the 20,000 Leagues Attraction. Um, and that's in Tokyo Seas and, and Paris. And so that design sense, like people were like, oh, you do steampunk. And I'm like, I had no idea what that is. And so I, <laughs> I quickly learned. But one day I had built a, a, a steampunk uh, Dr. Frankenstein's iPod, which had a glass <laughs> eye that you would be able to to maneuver the the, the the plate. And it had an amplifier that was a brass horn and everything. And I, I just made that for fun. And it happened to launch and go viral, like, overnight. And uh-huh. since then, I've been asked to, you know, I'm, I'm a maker by trade. So I spent about 15 years just doing steampunk uh, specialty items for hotels and, and oh. what happened. I had tricks in just uh, two years ago. I had designed a 40-foot cucumber slicing truck for them that was a steampunk design, traveled around the world. Um, you know, so I've been on some really interesting projects. I have uh, three books out, um, two of them about steampunk. I travel the world talking about how to design steampunk. And I'm kind of the go-to guy for a, certain, a very certain design style in that it does mix the paranormal and the victorian together uh whereas a lot of steampunk is very shiny and brass mine is uh a bit darker you know i mean to have edgar Allan pose in a, a brain in a jar and be able to hear him and interact with him those are the kind of things that i like and how that ties in with well the we're of gonna
2: have to hold you right there because we're about to take a break you're listening to ghost chronicles of uh, Next Generation with Anne Aron. Our special guest is Joey from the Curio School. Thank the you. Curio Porn. And uh, brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Mimrick Street, Bethune, Massachusetts, and the Glant Messler Family, Law Group 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts, and our very, very, very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. We'll be right back up to following
4: messages. If you have a normal event, book, or something else you want people to know about, then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a, we have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678.
1: Hello, hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the meeting of the Ghost Box.
3: And welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ann, and our special guest this evening from the Curioporium, Joey, and I hope I don't kill your last name, Marsachi? That's right. Hey, you, I got it. Better yeah.
2: you than me. <laughs> so, so he is close to the axe throwing place. I it's only a matter of time when someone's gonna have the Lizzie Borden axe throwing
3: oh. power.
4: Well, I wanted to do that as soon as I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway.
3: That would be awesome. That would be great. I'm just axe throwing. It's it's on my list of things to do. I
2: have no, 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 wait, 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 no interest no? in axe throwing. <laughs> I think I would rather, never mind. I can't say okay. that to you. All right. But <laughs> anyways, uh, moving right along, we were talking to uh, Joey about the curie. I, I can't say that freaking thing now.
3: Curio? Curio. 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 You know, my my uh,
2: murdering of the English yeah. language has not uh, ceased at all.
3: Ron gets so, a little tongue-tied.
2: Uh, yeah. But <laughs> I do want to, you know, I, I have to bring this up, uh, Joey, because uh, we had something really strange happen to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and do you want to uh, bring it up about the phone calls?
4: Oh, Yeah. Uh, it was very strange. we had talked yesterday on the phone I'd gotten a message from you we we played phone tag a bit and then uh, we talked I answered your questions and then probably about an hour later I got another message from the same area code a different number and it you know it went to voicemail and I saw it and it said this is Ryan I have a few more questions I'm an associate and it, it was just... I listened to it. It didn't sound like your voice. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and so I called it back and I left a message for this Ryan, but there was no Ryan, according to you. So <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> I do what happened, but it was definitely, I went back and checked and it was about an hour and 20 minutes after we had spoken that the, the message was, was in there. And it was separate from your other message. So it was very strange.
2: That
4: is so funny. strange.
2: It's oh. like, Ryan, I have no Ryan. I, first of all, I thought it was me, you know, the way I mumble sometimes or I spit out things so fast that I can't, uh, most people can't understand me, uh, especially <laughs> if you're a woman. Uh, you, you you really can't understand Never. me, that's for sure. Nope. Ever. Nope. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, yeah, that was, that was uh, intriguing in, uh, in itself, so uh, we'll give you that as weird. All right, so back to... Some of these what type uh you got a, a lot of cool exhibits. I'm seeing some of the pictures now. I'm on uh I don't know if it's Facebook at the website. And there's one that's it seems to be a some type of a terranium thing. What is that?
4: Uh uh Joey. Terrarium? There's so many. There's so many. There is a there's a very large display of uh Fay and Fairy folk. Um yeah, I think that's that the... might be the one that you're that you're looking at. So that one mm-hmm. Has many uh mummified uh the the top the top shelf actually has some some scenes from uh some of our more peculiar fairy folk that live in the the forests of uh ireland uh where there's a a war between the frogs and the mice um and so we have we've dedicated uh, a couple of displays to those stories um we have some mummified fairies we have some uh what else do we have there? We have uh, a, a hagstone, we have uh, some, you know, some of the, the, the writings about fairies, some of the journals, and we have a lepticon with uh, intricate detail of his cobbler tools and such, and he is sitting on the log, and there's another dragon fairy that's sitting next to him that's uh, going through their 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 horde of items that they have found so it's a that it, it, and that isn't our cryptozoology section so mm-hmm. each one of the rooms uh, that room is called the hall of unnatural history say <laughs> uh, uh it has a a mermaid in a in a frozen tank chamber that goes oh, off oh, every oh. While. Um, did you, oh <laughs> let me get you, did you see in the news about the uh
2: the mermaid they found in japan
4: now? I did. I did. They,
2: they, yeah, they found the mummified body of a mermaid, half monkey and half mermaid. It, what's your thoughts on that? It's going to show up in the museum sooner
4: or later. Always, you know, I'm always interested in finding these articles and seeing, you know, what's Photoshop, what's sculpted, because obviously there's some very talented people out there that can make these mm-hmm. things too. <laughs> so it's always interesting, you know, and it's weird that it turned up uh, at the same time as that uh, that. That stone, that sacrificial stone in Japan also cracked open that supposedly had a demon inside of it. So who knows? You know, it's 2022 and it's still early. So end of the world. You never know. Um, So it's interesting. I'm always fascinated with finding cryptozoology creatures and such. And so in the recreation of some of them that are in our um, in our shop. It was interesting. I mean, our Wendego, for instance, um, you know, and, and doing research on um, indigenous tribes and spe- uh, specifically, it's one of those things that, especially as the tour goes, um, a lot of what we do in the shop has both humor and paranormal to it because it's something that uh, I just love that. I love the mixture of that, you know, to oh, yeah. laugh at ourselves is, is you know. It is what we need. A little bit of ridiculous is always uh, appreciated. You know, you know but, Joe,
2: I always, I always say, you know, and when we go on and to the investigation, especially the public one, is, is that there, we do laugh, we do have a good time. After all, we're looking for invisible people in a dock. How
4: serious can <laughs> you be? <laughs> Absolutely, and, and you know, and I think that's that's one of the fun ways to deal with this. I mean, especially that was one of the things that. You know, lent itself so well as a child. Uh, you know, going to Disneyland and seeing the Haunted Mansion was that mixture of, you know, uh, hauntings and paranormal with humor, and it was just something that really stuck with me. That it was like it made me not so afraid of the paranormal because it. You know, if we are just talking to to spirits, uh, they were human ones too, and you know, it's, it's. I mean, even going back to the the ancient gods. You know, I mean, they were, they were pretty much human. They were just immortal, but they still drank and laughed and, you know, did all the things that humans did. So, Uh, and some of them are kind of dumb. So we we got to We have to face that and kind of put that into how we look at the other side to not be so fearful of what's out there and the things that we don't understand. And I think humor is the one thing that bridges that gap. Um, you know, so, we're, you know, but one of the things that, uh, as the tour guide there, uh, Aloysius is very, um, you know, when he brings up in the indigenous culture uh, and the different tribes that do acknowledge the Wendigo versus the ones that don't, there is a lot of actual history that we'd like to bring into, and, and there are serious moments about that because, you know, I don't, I, I, I certainly, as the creative director, don't want to, you know, upset different cultures. I want to make sure that the facts that we're, that we're giving are true. And some of the stuff, yes, is made up, but it's still kind of based on lore and things like that. So mm-hmm. we're very careful about that there and making sure that mixture is there. And Nathan is, is uh, integral in that as well, just based on all of the, the history that he has researched over the years as well.
3: Do you ever have groups come in? Do they like play play the part? Do they dress as steampunk or anything like that? That is something I would be totally into. We
4: we totally love when people do that. Some people have. I think Mm -hmm. uh, you know. I have a lot of uh, friends that are steampunk and they have come. But people just on their own, yes, to dress the part and come in because I think when you know that it's a seance that you're taking part in and, you know, if you can play along with that, like we encourage people to play and some people who are, you know, the, the normies who are coming in, (laughs) they don't know, they don't know what they're walking into. And so they're very hesitant, but uh, Aloysius does a good job of, uh, you know, poking fun at them and himself and making them, making sure that it is immersive and interactive and fun Mm -hmm. because They really, it's undescribable what is about to happen to you and you don't know what lies around every corner. And, you know, it is not only immersive in the way that it looks, but also the lighting and the sound plays a huge part in it too, which is something that I have, uh, I personally take care of myself. So from the moment you walk in, you are immersed in a soundtrack that is leading you down the story for the next 90 minutes. And it's very much a, a character. In, in the show.
3: That's cool. Very cool. I love it. And I, I used to, uh, for a few years, I was involved in a haunt in Taunton up here in Massachusetts uh, called Ghoulie Manor, and I did oh, yeah. makeup. Make uh, and I, I loved it. I loved it. I was never daring enough to go in and try and be an actor because I'm just not that scary. But. Uh, <laughs> ron may oh, I don't differ know. with me yeah yeah
4: yeah i, <laughs> I love i love haunts i love like it's... haunt families are great like yes. from the makeup department to the prop makers the costumes i mean i spent some time at spooky world back when ed gannon had it at foxborough stadium and that was i think that was the first haunt i actually worked at and he I and mean, he was just such a great such a great guy he still is I shouldn't say was he's such a great guy um we still keep in contact to this day and it's like 25 years ago or more um oh, and awesome. I worked at uh the Horseman's mm-hmm. Hollow in Tarrytown New York in the actual Sleepy Hollow and that oh, was fantastic being able God. to design for that and also to be able to create custom creatures which is something that I do as well mm-hmm. uh that are costumes and part puppet park costume and so um that place was very interesting in that it was, uh, it was everything in it was period. Everything was made for that haunt, and it was, so it was very different. But, mm. you know, that's, that's something that with the Kiriopori and being able to have that kind of haunt, it, it's, not, it's not a haunt. It's not just a haunt. We still like having our actors mm-hmm. um, and learning the story and learning the lore because the, the fun thing about our, our shows is that they're all improv and they're all different. Wow. So the goal of it was that every time you come to see the the vault experience, even though it's Aloysius and one of the Havisham Society members who are your your lead uh, actors for that evening, everything that I that I say as a performer is completely made up on the spot. I'm following the story, but it's all different based on the people who are there yeah. and just you know, maybe I'll talk about the Wendigo one day. I'll talk about uh, the vampires and a different show and and things like that. So there's so much stuff I can just mix it up as I go. And being able to train other actors because I'm not—I don't consider myself an actor. I'm a performer. Mm-hmm. I don't learn lines. Mm-hmm. So I'm very good with improv, like on wow. the spot. Excellent. But I am not an actor. So I have a, a little.
2: I I have a question because it is—it's a little bit confusing. Now we talked about. Um, in the beginning there was no charge you went to enter the thing but you do performances as well where you have special shows where there is a a cost involved is yes. that correct
4: that is correct that is correct so typically uh, for instance the vault experience is, is about 65 per ticket and that's for the 90 minute experience um shows such as like the the paranormal parlor show um i believe it's 45 per ticket um, and, but there, that's a limited seating event for about an hour and a half. I think we have 15 people for, per show and we have five shows for that. So it, de- it depends on the event, like what, what we would be charging for those events. But as far as the store is concerned, you know, it's open Thursday through Sunday and you can just come on in and experience it. The, the nice thing is, is that what you're experiencing when you're in the store is completely different than what you experience in the show. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the fun part about it. So even though you see the séance machine on and it's working, it's not doing what it's meant to do in the show. It's programmed to do something completely different. Uh, so when it actually when we actually do the, the séance and do the show, we put the six people in the séance circle, and they're all individual to their to their sigil, which means something to them. And uh, and then we turn the machine on and hope that it works. And so mm-hmm. how is, you know, it's kind of like, this is his, his, his umpteenth time trying to get this machine to work. And maybe that particular night when you're there, it actually does work and opens mm-hmm. the, the vault. So what you hear is different. What you see is different. The spirit that shows up is different. Everything in the vault is lit differently. It sounds different. There are different things that happen. So even though you think you may be seeing it during the store hours. It is not the same experience when you come for a show. All
2: right. mm-hmm. Now, do you need to make reservations for these special shows?
4: Yes, we do have advanced tickets for those. So um, we typically try to line things up a few months ahead of time, as far as whether it's a, a show like an evening with Edgar Allan Poe will probably be uh, somewhere in May. Um, so you can go online and get tickets for those. Uh, there's a subscribe. You can subscribe on our website, and it will send you announcements when we're doing those shows, and where to get the tickets and how much. So,
2: so what is your website, and uh, how can people get more information about the uh, Curioporium? Uh,
4: even though the, the spelling is uh, is a is a bit hard, but it's uh, Curio, C-U-R-I-O. P-O-R-I-U-M dot com. And we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on TikTok. Well, Aloysius is on TikTok because he's just, mm-hmm. he loves the drama. But, um, you know, it's, so you can go there, you can find out the information there, you can look us up on any of the social media, and we are, we are there. And uh, we're constantly putting things out every day on our social media, whether it be videos that talk about uh, that. We, we do these kind of little mini movies that talk about, you know, oh, Aloysius has to get the machine up and running today because somebody's from headquarters is coming and check on him or, you know, oh, the Sumerian God's death mask is here. and We probably shouldn't touch it, but we do mm-hmm. and things like that. So there's a lot of like mm-hmm. background stories that we tell in uh, videos that we put together that very much tell You know, we have have like a novel's worth of information about these characters that we're telling. And the ultimate goal was to be able to, you know, so the vault experience is Aloysius and this other actor telling this particular story. And then we have another version of the story from a different character's point of view. And so you can go through and it's a bit scarier and a bit darker. And so we can keep telling the story in different ways from different characters' point of view to make it fresh and interesting so do you have
2: a favorite uh uh display that that you enjoy the that is really your baby you love the most
4: i think the machine the seance machine is definitely my baby i mean it, it took the entire nine months to build that thing Wow! Uh, top to bottom it is it is fabricated from actual antique pieces as well as handmade fabricated pieces that i built um, it's, it's program. It's, it, it does a lot of things that I had never tried before but wanted to. You know, with my smaller brainstorm machines, they only stand about like six feet tall or so. They're about the size of like a, an old vintage radio, um, a little bit taller. But this is a monster, and it stretches across three walls in that room, and it's automated through uh, an Arduino program. And I created all the sound for it, and worked with a programmer to get it to do wow. what it needs to do to turn on and contact whoever, whichever spirit we're trying to contact. So um, it's it's really it's a it's it's an amazing. I mean, I'm patting myself on the back here, but it is an amazing machine. Especially <laughs> since when you walk in, you have no idea what this thing is, um, but it looks like it's something. I mean, it looks like something you've never seen before, but I mean, there's, jar, there's jars of ectoplasm that are glowing. There's, there's urns up on top of it. There's a, a zeotrope on top of it of, of Miss Havisham. There's, head, there's frozen heads that are hidden away Ugh. inside of it that are, that are part <laughs> of the transmission of how to make the battery power for this. There's a brain in a jar. There's all sorts of there's a The mummified corpse of Miss Havisham is inside her baby grand piano hanging from the wall. And where else, something like
3: that? You say, and you say, Miss Havisham, and all I can picture is Miss Havisham from Annie. <laughs> oh, well,
4: it's totally different Miss Havisham.
3: Uh, I know, right? Some real <laughs> situation. I don't know. Keeps popping into my head. That's funny. But, yeah, it's amazing. This Joey, have you. you ever,
2: you ever had a, a any mediums come in and say, oh, this place is haunted," or I don't like this vibe in here, or, or anything like that?
4: I don't think any. Well, we have we have had mediums come in, um, especially when Nathan owned the shop before. He has plenty of stories. I mean, there are some haunted artifacts that are in there. Uh, that nothing is malicious. I don't think anyone has come in and said, "I have to leave." Like I, I, know, I know myself, there is a good energy about it, and Nathan. Nathan is uh, vigilant about cleansing uh, the space as well, especially. I think there's more, you know, for the humans that come in, for the mortals, uh, we make sure that, that we cleanse the space for both. And so it really is uh, uh, a good energy within it. And especially since I think, you know, our motto is that um, we are we're, we're, we attract the strange and unusual, right? I mean, that's, that's something that that tagline has been around for years, but it really is, it feels like it's a safe space for, artists and mediums and empaths and to to come and be creative and be you know be in this this really uh, imaginative place but also you know just in your exploration i've had many people come in that either are friends of mine that are also empaths or mediums and they've they've held on to items or are drawn to certain items i haven't had anyone run out in terror and say I <laughs> So.
2: I didn't want to. I didn't. Wasn't quite going that route. But uh, I <laughs> was just saying there. There are some that say, "Oh, I don't like this," or I, you
4: know, I, That's, you know, definitely. Yeah, no. I don't. I think. I think the vibe is good. I think whatever spirits are there are in a happy place. That's a happy good. Happy place. There
3: you go. Have in the you ever place. had anything happen unexpectedly of a like a paranormal bent? Like, I mean, you're doing a séance. It's Not a real seance, but it's a seance, so... It is,
4: you know, it's interesting because the work that I put into... The story, the story behind that seance that we do is a much bigger story of a book that I've been writing for years, and, and it's called The Damon Project, and it's about uh, the, these Damon sisters that, uh, you know, it's a, it's a very long story, so I won't get into it here. But there are, there are definite things that the research that I have done on not only seances in general, because I, I like to think that when you're watching this performance, it feels real because the machine has, everything on the machine has a purpose and a story to it. And so in doing the even the research on the incantation, uh, the incantation that's read is very specific to the person that we're trying to contact. And so, you know, I've had grown men come in and when that seance happens, like they get goosebumps and their mouths hang open and <laughs> because you feel it, you feel the energy change in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because of the collective energy of of the people believing what they're seeing. Now, as far as things actually happening within the vault, I mean, I know for a fact that there are things that turn themselves on, shut themselves off, and they're not supposed to. There's constantly lights doing, you know... Doing odd things. Uh, we have a an old antique table in there that uh, has been was was removed from a church many years ago because it used to throw whatever was put on top of it off. Oh, and so that table still exists within there, and it still does that from time to time. I will go in in the morning, and everything on that table has been knocked off.
3: Oh my goodness, that's cool.
4: So there are there's there's definitely things. Lurking about in the shadows, but I have a, I have a good rapport with them and certainly Aloysius keeps them at bay. So
2: do you have any plans on any new? Uh, exhibits or or uh, events coming up
4: <laughs> um, as far as with. I mean, there's always. There's always ideas in my head, Ron. <laughs> so I'm constantly uh thinking of new ideas for new attractions and things like that so yes there are some things in the future that we are working on um but as far as the curio it's all uh the shows that are coming forward like we're just we're just working on new guests new talks things like that, that and that's all going to be <laughs> updated on our website very soon
3: nice very good
2: now, once again uh we are running towards the end of the show if uh you wanna give us the uh location and, and all the information on the sure. radio podium.
4: Sure, sure, sure. Actually let me let me hold on, I was gonna get Aloysius for you here. Oh hello there. Folks, folks, how are you doing here? This is Aloysius story. I, I you know, I, I was just having myself a spot of whiskey and I and <laughs> Joey really needs some help sometimes. He really does because yeah, I know he, he means good. But so the Curio Forum is located in Hartford, Connecticut. It's at fourteen twenty-nine Park Street in Hartford. Um, we're open Thursdays five to nine, Fridays five to nine, Saturdays nine to nine, and Sundays one to five. You can come at any time you like. Come and see me. I'll treat you good. I'll make sure the spirits don't uh, inhabit your home and follow you there. <laughs>
2: Alan wishes you got that machine
4: running yet. You know it 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 works. It's a little bit it's a bit iffy. You know it works when it wants to, but uh, you know we're, we're all guilty of that sometimes. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's very finicky. I will say that some nights it just does not want to cooperate. It's very much like my ex wife. <laughs> it talks back you know to you. Something fierce.
2: Yeah. Alan Al wishes. How do you put up with Joey? He seems so. You know.
4: Well, you know, he means well. He means well. He kind of stays out of my way and just lets me do what I need to do. You know, Nathan, too. I mean, they, they mean well enough, and they're constantly breathing down my neck of, oh, Aloysius, when's the machine going to be working? Aloysius, where did these guests disappear to? And I'm just, you know, I'm doing my best. You can't science. That's what I tell them. Well, we want to thank you so much
2: for joining us, uh, both you and... Yes. Uh, yeah. Who's that other guy that was on with us?
4: Right. Uh, well, yeah. just whiskey. It's me again. I'm sorry. <laughs> we have this time, Which is almost all the time. <laughs> that was
2: great. Uh, we, uh, we definitely got to get down there and take a look at the place. I, one quick other thing. Do you ever go on the road?
0: uh yes we're
4: going to be uh, once now that things are getting kind of back to normal we will be doing some conventions and such again i mean i travel and, and talk about my art and we're going to be doing some even some classes on showing how to build things and stuff like that so i do hope to go to some of the the haunt conventions as well because what we have is something that i think a lot of people have seen anything like this before we kind of want to get the word out
2: well, we are out of time, so we want to thank you for joining us. Uh, we've been speaking with Joey from the Curio Porium. Yeah. And uh, we're brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Mermark Street, Methuen, Massachusetts, the Gallant Messier Family Group, Group 15 High Street, in North Andover, Massachusetts, and our good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio and Patreon. Good night, God bless, and stay safe.